This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, uh, I hope everybody has a good Gavench DR. Uh, I want to thank Rabbi Shabte again for privileging me to, uh, to learn the Holy Torah with you. And particularly this week, as a achan, as a preparation to help us get into the appropriate mindset for the Yom Narayim period. Of course, we are going to be learning a piece from the Slanam Rebbe, Zuchus Yagan Aleinu, in the Nesiva Shalom on Rosh Hashanah. And hopefully this will begin to spur, will serve as an impetus, a catalyst for reflection, for uh, a hard look at ourselves in, in preparation for the Yom Narayim period. Uh, we're going to pick the first piece that the Slanam Rebbe has in the Nesiva Shalom on Rosh Hashanah called Hayom Raras Olam. It's on page uh, Kuf Zayin. He has a number of different questions um, that could be asked and great, great questions, each and every one of them. Uh, we're going to try to tackle one, possibly two, depending on how much time we have. Um, but to really be able to delve into, to think a little bit deeper and to try to, like I said, to reflect and to prepare accordingly from the Yom Narayim period. So we all know that the highlight of the Musaf Tefillah, the, one of the most famous Tefillos, if you're about Tefillah, you know you put your entire Koach into this Tefillah. If you're an attendant, if you're a participant in davening, you know that this is the time in which we cry out. And that is, of course, in Asana Tokef, Rav Amnon of Mainz, the famous story of, uh, of this uh, individual who gave a false impression to a bishop and as a result allowed his tongue to be cut off and ultimately to be killed. And he composed this tefillah in which it really allows us to understand the, the magnitude of the day. Actually, this year more than ever, if you took a, take a look at the words of the Asana Tokef, and you see, uh, you know, mi yichio mi yomus, and it goes through all the different horrible ways that somebody can die, and it says, ma it says, bacherev, and makis, so many different areas, and unfortunately, this year of any year, so many of those uh, ways, those descriptions in the Nusana Tokef, could really unfortunately come to life in a way that we couldn't have imagined in previous years. But we know that in Nusana Tokef really is that which arouses us in our emotions to hopefully serve again as that uh, catalyst to do tshuva. If you ever take a look at the Nisana Tokev, which we've all taken a look at in the past, you'll notice something that probably we may never have appreciated before. We certainly never asked the question before. And as usual, the Nisana Rebbe is, is spot on in terms of highlighting something that we may never have considered or reflected on in the past. He points out in Nisana Tokev, Kedusha Sehem Kehu Nora V'ayom, Ki Yesh Lavin in Yosha Rosh Hashanah Shuyom HaKodosh Ladonen Kolashan Anavi, we know that Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Adin. Barosh, and he quotes the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. Barosh Hashanah Koboi Olam Ovram Lefanov Kivne Marom. Right, it's quoted as part of the Nusana Tokef. It's not just the uh, the human being that goes before Hakadosh Baruch Hu like a shepherd, like a sheep in front of the shepherd, but ever every creation called Yitzurei Olamim. Anything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created was, has to go and goes through this Zayom HaDin. And he points out, Ach it's, it's a little bit strange. Number one, why don't we mention anything about the fact that there's a Yom HaDin? If you take a look at the Torah, nowhere in the Torah does it mention anything about the Yom HaDin, the Parshas of Ma'adus and Parshas Emor. It goes through the fact that it's the Zichron Shua, it's the Yom Shua, it's when we blow the shofar. So 
So actually, even though he introduces the piece with new Nisan Tokef, and he introduces the fact that it's the Yom Hadin, if you take a look in the Torah itself, the Torah itself does not mention anything about the Yom Hadin. doesn't mention anything about the fact that this is the Day of Judgment. If Unisana Tokev, which is the highlight, the apex, the pinnacle focus of the Musaf Tefillah, mentions today is the Yom Hadin for everyone, creature and human alike, why doesn't the Torah make an overt connection? Why doesn't the Torah state in it explicitly that it's the Yom Hadin? By the way, parenthetically, maybe we'll get to this at the end, there is one other holiday that the Torah also does not formally link what we're celebrating, even though historically we figured it out. What's that other holiday? Shavuos. Shavuos is the only other Yontif in which the Torah, all it says is you're going to count 50 days, 7 weeks, you're going to bring the, the Bikurim, and it's called the Yom HaBikurim, Chag HaBikurim. It doesn't mention anything about the fact that it also happens to be, not coincidentally, but by virtue of the historical uh, sequence of events, happens to be that Shavuos is the time in which we receive the Torah. No mention anywhere of the fact that we celebrate on Shavuos Kabbalah Satorah. A strange phenomenon. Rosh Hashanah, no mention of the Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment. Shavuos, no mention of Kabbalah Satorah. If we have time at the end, I'll show a beautiful idea. I once, I believe, in, I think it was in the Kliyakar, if we have time at the end. But he points out the same question. Why is it that if in Usana Tokif, and we know Rosh Hashanah to be the Yom Hadin, why no mention of the Yom Hadin in the context of the Torah? That's question number one. Question number two, and this one we're going to focus on a little bit more, we're actually going to go backwards into how we respond, but he asks the following, The actual date safe you have a little bit of confusion about. Based on the Gemara that we were just quoted in Rosh Hashanah, it says, Every creature in the world passes before HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Rosh Hashanah. Mashma, it, it would seem, it appears to be, it doesn't only include Jews, it includes non-Jews as well. It also includes human beings who have the capabilities, the capacities to have their choice of what they want to do. And it would also include other animals. Right, HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers and determines who's going to live at their, until their destined or predestined times, who's going to live before their destined time. And it seems not to be a distinguishing, it seems every creature has to go through this process. Everybody, every creature, every animal, every insect, every share is creepy crawly, every human being, everybody has to go through the Yom Hadin. And if that's the case, we have to ask ourselves, What shaykhus, what purpose, what are we trying to achieve? What are we judging a creature that has no free choice? What is the purpose? What is the exercise? What is the goal Hashem has that he's judging? I understand you want to judge human beings. We have the choice between good and evil. We have the choice between Chaim and Mavis. Okay, I understand. But what business, what purpose is there in our good old alpha dog? Why is he being judged? Well, what's the purpose there? Vod, and not only that, he makes the, the question even stronger. We know that we say in the Nusana Tokef, Shafilu malachim yechavezun. The malachim, the angels tremble in fear. The trembling, that pacha, that fear grabs hold of them. The Yom Hine Yom Hadin, and they say, Today's the day. Today's the Yom Hadin. 
asks the Nesiva Shalom, Ma shayach yom adin hamalachim? What exactly are we doing when we're judging the Malachim? Malachim, angels have the choice to do the right thing or the wrong thing? What's going on over here? So we have two questions that we want to try to understand in today's shir. Question number one is, and both obviously based on the Unisana Tokif, but bringing out bigger, more fundamental things that we have to try to understand. Number one is we know that Rosh Hashanah is referred to the, as the Yom Hadin, as mentioned in Unisana Tokif, and we are all familiar traditionally that uh, Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment, and of course Yom Kippur is the Yom HaKapar, the Day of Atonement, and yet the Torah itself does not formally, explicitly link them. Why not? Question number two is, we see you in the Nitzana Tokef, based on the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, that every creature, Bechira, not Bechira, Bris, not Bris, anybody and everybody is going to go before Hashem like a sheep before the shepherd, determining whether or not they are justified in being kept around for another year. Number one, what animal could they have done wrong that they're going to be judged? What's Pshat? What about Malachim? Why are Malachim and angels being passed around? Why do they have this chil uru'ah, this trembling? They're not Babakhira, they're not people of choice. What are they afraid of? What are they being judged for? What is the purpose and the goal of the judgment? So if you'll take a look and you move to the next page, we're going to skip around a little bit because it's a very, very long piece with numerous osios. But he says the following. He says, first of all, first we've got to understand what the et and the essence of the day is. Right? It has some kedusha, some high level of sanctity above and beyond all of the other moados. And what is that? So he says that basically, if you skip to the top of the next side, that basically, as we know, Rosh Hashanah is the day in which we, and I don't think we use this word in any other situation than when we talk about Rosh Hashanah, we coronate. I don't think I've ever heard that word in any other context other than when we speak about Rosh Hashanah. We're Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's the Melech Malach HaMlachim. The goal of Rosh Hashanah, right, the Tzadikim are automatically judged and they get uh, L'chaim. And the Rosh Hashanah are automatically judged, as the Gemara says, they're going to their death. The only ones that have to worry post-Rosh Hashanah are the Beidonim, all of us. And it's ultimately on Yom Kippur that that happens. For us, most of our goal, primary part of our goal, and that's what's reflected in uh, in our Musaf Davening, we don't really talk about, we don't talk anything about the Yom Hadin, except for Zechariah and Chaim, kind of peripherally, we only speak about, you know, Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros, which are all subsumed under being Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the goal is to demonstrate that Hashem is the Melech, He's the King with a capital H, and He's the Borei Olam. He is the one, and that's why He's the King, He's the one who's created the world. And with that, says the Nesiva Shalom, we now have, are going to have a much deeper understanding of what our avod is on Rosh Hashanah, which will help us peel away and understand some of the questions that we had asked. The Habir Bazet, Ki Yisod V'Shoresh Rosh Hashanah Huma Kemand Amr Zayom Tchilas Masach HaZikaron Yom Rishon. We know that we commemorate the fact that Rosh Hashanah is a commemoration of the day in which uh, man was created, really, we know that the world was created a few days earlier. Rosh Hashanah was the man, day man was created. And it's brought down in the name of the Arizal something wild. Listen to what the Arizal says. On Rosh Hashanah, the world reverts back to the first day of creation. Every Rosh Hashanah, Hashem recreates the world. Right? 
The Arizal says something unbelievable. The Arizal says that every Rosh Hashanah, Hashem recreates the world. Every Rosh Hashanah is a new Maisa Bereshis. Every Rosh Hashanah and every year after that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu recreates the world with a new tafkid, with a new purpose. What the world looked like this past year will not look like that way in this coming year. And however we're to understand in the Olam HaLyonos above in terms of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu intends for the world to be able to do. And at the end of the day, he says the following, he quotes the Yorachayim HaKadosh. Uchad Yisab Yorachayim HaKadosh, B'Parshas Breshis. He takes it one step further of the Arizal. He says, actually, every single week we're recreated anew, and every single week we're a new Bria. The Arizal, based on that, or the Nesiva Shalom, correlating or corresponding these two opinions, say that's the same thing is going to be true when it comes to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the time in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu recreates the world. Why do we care? Why does that impact? How does that impact the inquiries we mentioned? So listen to the creativity, listen to the powerful insight of the Nesiva Shalom. He says as follows, Ulefize, based on this Nekuda, this Yisod of the of the uh, Arizal and the Yorachayim HaKadosh by extension. This is scary. Listen to this. Very scary, my Shalev. Now that we understand that Rosh Hashanah is the Hizchadshus, is the newness, is the recreation of the Bria of the crew of the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the following Cheshben, so to speak. He decides whether or not we belong in the new world that he's going to be creating. Let me say that again. HaKadosh Baruch Hu recreates the world in Rosh Hashanah, and he's going to decide whether Shaket belongs in that new world. Do I still need him? Do I want him? Will he be able to contribute something? Oh, now says the Nesiva Shalom, we can understand why this is not only relevant to human beings, goes through every human being. And by the way, says the Nesiva Shalom, every Bria. Is that Bria, is that dog, is that lion, is that angel going to actualize what I envision for the world this year? In other words, it's not a question of whether you have free choice and you're going to do something right or wrong only, but it's, are you going to be able to achieve and is every creature, every animal, every human going to bring to fruition the vision HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for that new world that he's creating? And so therefore, now says the Nesiva Shalom, we can understand the second question that we had asked. If you recall, the Nesiva Shalom says, I understand you want to say that every human being, specifically Jews, B'nai Bris, go before HaKadosh Baruch Hu as sheep before the shepherd. Okay, they had a choice to follow the Torah. They had a choice not to follow the Torah. And based on those choices, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make a decision. What shaykhus, who cares about the people, the, the, non, the non-Jewish world at, at large, they don't have the same level of responsibility. Why are they being judged? And even more so, Every creature, every Bria and Malachim, what are they nervous about? The answer is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't only making a judgment about each individual person, but he's recreating the world. 
And when he recreates the world, some by function of circumstance, some incidentally, and some intentionally impact whether or not that vision Hashem has is going to, so to speak, come to fruition. And so therefore says the Nesiva Shalom, it's not enough to determine just the human being, the Jew, everybody's going to be judged. It's not their fault that the lizard didn't do anything wrong, but if that lizard isn't going to bring the vision HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kiviyachal has, he has no business living in this world anymore. And if he has no business living in this world anymore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not going to hold on to him. It's a powerful message. It's a scary message. Because when you start to think in that image, it's not just about each one of us being judged based on our mitzvahs and averos of the past year, it's we have to also talk ourselves up enough to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for him to be willing to accept the fact that we can make a certain contribution that is of value this coming year. It's not just atoning for what we've done wrong in the past year, but we have to prepare a, a, strong, enough, a strong enough legal argument to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to not only not have punished us for the previous year, but that we belong still in this world, Rebona Shalom. We have what to contribute. We have what to give to the world. We have Nachas Ruch to give to you. Whatever contributions we're going to make, it's not just about the Schar and Onish anymore. It's so much scarier. What are we going to contribute to this world? That's the question we really need to ask ourselves on Rosh Hashanah. When the Nesiva Shalom asks what business all these other brios are being judged for, what it's highlighting is what we need to be thinking about over the next several days. We can't only prepare those rationales, those justifications as to why we did what we did that was wrong or to ask for mechila. We equally have to prepare that argument of what we're going to do in the coming year that's going to justify our ability to be able to be included in that new Briyas HaOlam, in that new creation. I thought that was an incredibly powerful eye-opening and very scary way of looking at things in a very tangible, in a very real way. It's one thing to ask for Mechila and you know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Rachamim and he's a, a being who has infinite amounts of, of mercy. It's a whole nother conversation to start thinking in your head what you need to be committing to this year that you're going to hold to that's going to justify HaKadosh Baruch Hu being able to uh, include you in the Briyas Sa'olam. It's something that uh, the Nesir Shalom uh, opened my eyes to in terms of what I'm going to be preparing as I go into this Rosh Hashanah. I thought it was something that was worth worthwhile for you to think about in a real tangible meaningful way as you prepare into your next into your Rosh Hashanah. I'll share one last point just as a little dessert Rabbi Brand for you um, and that is I believe the Kliyakar says that the reason why Rosh Hashanah is not formally explicitly linked to the Yom Hadin in a similar way that Shavuos is not formally linked to Kabbalah Satori is because had the Torah formally linked the Yom Hadin to Rosh Hashanah so the regular average human being Jew would say, I can only do tshuva one day a year. Rosh Hashanah, I eat matzah on Pesach, I sit in a sukkah on Sukkot, I do tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. And the Torah wanted you to know you don't have to wait till Rosh Hashanah to do tshuva. Every day of the year is an opportunity to do tshuva. Which is why the Torah did not want to formally link the fact that tshuva is on Rosh Hashanah. Similarly, were the Torah to have formally linked Kabbalah Satorah to Shavuos, everybody would say, I sit in a sukkah on Sukkot, I eat matzah on Pesach, I'll learn Torah on Shavuos. Says the Torah, I'm not going to formally link them, because I want you to realize that every day of your life can be a Kabbalah Satorah. 
Every day you can rejuvenate. Every day you can be meschazek yourself. Every day can be a day in which you can reaccept the Torah. That perhaps is why, Nasir Shalom gives a different reason, but we're running out of time. That perhaps says the Kliyakar is why the Torah specifically does not link these two, two specific holidays because he wants you to know Shuvah can be every day and Kabbalah Satoru can be every day. So in summary, for you to walk away with, number one, to understand and to take serious not just the mechila, slicha, and kapara that we need to work on in the previous year, but understanding that we need to prepare strong legal arguments in our defense of what we're going to contribute. And it can't be lip service. we got to make sure that what we're going to commit to the Ribbon Shalom, we're going to be able to keep so that he can justify keeping us around for another year. Number two, to realize you don't even have to wait till Rosh Hashanah. Today's Monday. You could start doing tshuva right now. You could start doing tshuva tomorrow. Don't wait till Rosh Hashanah. The reason the Torah didn't formally link those two of Rosh Hashanah and the Yom Adin is because every day can be a Rosh Hashanah. Every day can be the Yom Adin. I wish you all aksiva v'chasim atova, good geben shdior, with, with simcha, nachas, mazom, brocha, gezun, parnatsa, slacha, nachas, surach, and amir tzashem, only good things for all of us in the coming year. Have a wonderful yontif.